salvation. We hear the danger of not having salvation. This psalm brings out many of these things. And that's what we're going to look at today. I, I don't know I don't know what your soul is today. I, I pray you know the Lord as your Savior. And I pray the Lord will see fit to bless you. But if you're here today and you happen not to know the Lord as your Savior, then... Uh, need to listen to these words that we got. In the first verse, we hear one in danger who cries, Save me, O God, for the waters come into my soul. I tell you, when things overflow you, I don't know if you've ever been in that much water before, but I have. Uh, I tell of a time when boat capsized and uh, on the lake up in Kentucky and Rhonda's uncle was with me and and uh, I swam to shore and uh, I yelled for him and I couldn't find him and he wouldn't answer me and uh, then I swam back out there to where the boat was and I tried to yell for him but he couldn't he didn't hear me and then I swam back in to the shore and somebody was laying in the weeds laughing and uh, it was Rhonda's uncle he was like that he was laying in the weeds laughing and he said why did you jump back in that water and swim back out there I said, I was looking for you. He said, well, I was laying right here on the shore. I said, well, I didn't see you, and I didn't hear you. You never said anything. And I want to tell you, folks, when when you feel like the water is, is too, more, too much for you, it's overcoming you, and it's rough. It really is. I can imagine what it's like for someone who's really drowning. And, and it, this cry comes from one whose soul and life is, like being in a ship on a stormy sea, which has sprung a leak. Listen, folks. This is what it's like when one is unsaved and now knows it. I say it's a terrible thing. You know, it's a, it's a terrible thing to come to know that you're not saved. To have someone who's preached to you, who's witnessed to you, who's told you about the Lord, told you about Jesus coming to save people and then you realize all of a sudden you realize I'm not saved and I was like that that's the way I was I realized I wasn't saved and I tell you that's a terrible feeling that really is it's a terrible terrible feeling <clears throat> it's uh, that's what it's like when an unsaved person now knows that he's not saved he or she's not saved this is when the waters of sorrow and fear upon one when, when one reals like, reals, realizes that one's not saved I tell you that's conviction that's strong conviction when you come to realize that, that you're not saved and, and that's all you want that's all you want that's all you pray for that's all you beg and plead for is Lord just save me save me and then even after you pray and ask the Lord to save you then 
you still feel like, you know, has he, has he saved me? And I tell you, it takes, it takes a while before you, you have any assurance in your heart that you, that you, that you truly saved. It took me a few, it took me three or four years. I'll have to say, I, I went for a long time just wondering if I, I knew I'd been lost, I knew I was lost, and I knew that I need to be saved, and it took me a long time to, to realize that the Lord had saved me, but I tell you, it's a wonderful thing when that assurance comes, a wonderful thing when that assurance gets up on us, and I've, I've, I've had people, I've seen people over the years that, that uh, they just uh, don't have any assurance. And the assurance of salvation, just like the man I told you about several times, most, most of you in here know him. If I told you his name, you know him because he's very, he's very popular around where you've been. And... Uh, He'll ask me every time he sees me. I was talking to him here a while back. And he'll ask me, he said, do you pray every day to be saved? And that, that man is in distress too. He's, he's, he's in distress. And, and I, I call him by name. And I'll say, uh, do you pray every day to be saved? He said, I do. I said, well, how come you won't believe the Lord? He said he just won't let me. He said he won't let me believe. I tell you, that's a terrible place to be in. That's a terrible thing to think about. You know, that you come come to the point in your life when you don't know. You, you, you've tried, you've tried, and you've prayed, and you've prayed, and you've waited, and you've waited. I was telling Sister Kara this morning that, that, uh, like Brother Sam said, Kara asked him one time, why are you breathing so hard? He said, I'm trying to stay alive. And uh, that's, that would be the reason anybody breathes real hard, just try to stay alive. I know what that's like, Brother Sam, now. I know what that's like trying to stay alive. And uh, that's when, when, you, when you know that you're not saved and then you trust the Lord then you don't know for sure you, if he's saved, he had to give you that assurance. That's a terrible thing. Now in the second verse, we hear one who is helpless. He's one that is helpless. He said, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I, I've never been in quicksand. I know where quicksand is. I, I don't know about down here, but I know in Kentucky where it is. No, you stayed away from it. You didn't, you didn't get in that water because there was quicksand in that water. The quicksand is something, the more you try to get out of it, the deeper you go. And uh, that's what, he's helpless here. And I want to tell you, I've said this many times over the years, you'll take the first rope that a man will throw to you. First, the first rope that a man will throw to you, you'll take it to get yourself out of it. And I want to tell you, it's a wonderful thing when the Lord is, is, is in control of the first rope that somebody throws to you. But he, he says, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. 
the mire of sin in one's life is like the quicksand of a miry deep. The more he struggles, the deeper he falls. The only hope he has is that the loving Lord will set him on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to be sitting on the solid rock. It is. I can't, I can't explain it to you. I wish I could. Uh, uh, in about three weeks, I'll be 77 years old, or 78 years old. And uh, I tell you, it's, it's a wonderful thing to know that you're on a rock, you're on a solid rock. And it's a beautiful thing to know that. But uh, it's a terrible thing when you think you're helpless. The law of sin and death teaches that one can do nothing while he withdraws, I'm sorry, while he wallows in the deep mire of sin. You know, if you want to just keep sinning, as I was thinking this morning as I watched people come in, I, I, read, I read old brother uh, Wayne Massey's little message he puts on that. Brother Wayne's not much of a writer. But I read, I read his messages, and they're understandable. And I look around, and I'll say, well, there's a lot of people today that's not thinking what today is. Or what, what, what's today for? Today's to worship the Lord. I like that. I like when someone says, I'm going to the house of God to, to worship today. I hate it. I hate it sometimes that, that I feel like I can't satisfy them in my preaching anymore, but but I'm going to try my best to. I'm going to pray that the Lord will see fit to help me. Now, in the also in the second verse, we hear one that has no hope. Now, not only one that was helpless, but one that has no hope. He cries, I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. Oh, Peter one time yelled, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I can't get out. And the Lord said, if you'd have just kept your eyes on me, you wouldn't have, drank, wouldn't have started drowning. But he took his eyes off of the Lord. You know, anytime we take our eyes off of the Lord, we start drowning. We start getting deeper and deeper, and we, we don't know what we're listening to. We don't know what, we, what we're supposed to do. I tell you, a lot of people are trying to do other things. That's what Paul told Timothy. Paul told Timothy, he said, it won't be long until if you don't preach a word to them and don't teach them like you should, it won't be long until they'll have, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll want to listen to somebody else. They won't listen anymore. And it's a sad thing when, when we get like that. We don't want to listen anymore. His sins, his sins has come upon him like a flood. Listen, folks, I know what it is like to have your sins overflow you. How can I describe one's inability to deliver himself from this sin flood? Only God can do it. Only God can do it. I tell you, he's the only one to deliver you from that sin flood. I, I, I've had some things in my life 
that I wished I could get rid of. But it was just hard for me to do it. And it wasn't until the Lord chastised me real good that, that I was able to get through these things. Just like I'm preaching on Wednesday night. I'm not preaching on Wednesday night on something I don't know about. I know about these things and I understand these things. And in the third verse, we hear one who is thirsty for help. He cries, I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Well, I know what that's like. I got a dry throat right now. The longer I preach, the more I preach, the drier my throat gets. And, uh, and many times, you know, my throat will dry completely up. I'll go home after I preach today, and Rhonda will tell me, "Said I can't hear you." She said, "You're going to talk up. I can't talk any louder." I tried to. I can't talk any louder because my throat is dried up. That's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing when you cry to the Lord until your throat dries up. It is. It's a terrible thing. I hope and pray none of you have to do that. I hope and pray that you can lay down at night and, and pray your prayers and, and not, not be concerned about whether your throat's going to dry up or not. I want to tell you, when you cry to the Lord until your throat is dry, then you will you begin to wonder if this is exactly what the Lord wants for me. Lord, does the Lord want me to be well? Does the Lord want me to be out of my sin? Well, what is it the Lord wants for me to do? Lord, help me. That's what that's that's a cry out. That's a cry of a soul that is helpless. Helpless. He is like a child who cries so much that he cannot cry anymore. That's what I tell Rhonda about our little old dog. She'll bark so much that I asked Rhonda, I said, how in the world can she bark that much? Took me like her throat beats are sore. She could, I don't guess it bothers her, but she just keeps a barking. And uh, she keeps it up. And I don't know what keeps, it, keeps her going, but uh, she sure don't get a dry throat. But I do. I get a dry throat from talking. I get a dry throat from preaching. I get a dry throat. I'm fine right now. Keep my throat uh, not so dry and be able to. This is what sin will do to one who is flooded with it. He'll dry his throat up. He'll cry so much. Uh, why, why is it that we have to do that? Because we're sinful people. We're sinful people. Why do we have to cry every day just about? Just like I tell that the man that uh, asked me every day, he said, every time I see him, he asked me, he said, do you pray every day to be saved? And I said, no, I don't. He said, well, I do. I said, I said, do you ever get tired of praying? He said, oh, no, I never get tired of praying. But I pray every day. He said, I want to be sure the Lord hears me. I said, you can whisper it. I said, you can even think it, and the Lord's going to hear you. See, he, know, he knows what you're thinking and what you're doing. In the third verse, we hear one who has cried so many tears that he can see no more. He cries, my eyes fail while I wait for my God. Yeah. What is it? 
so much to the Lord that he can't see now. I tell you, folks, it's a desperate thing. If you're saved today, you better thank the Lord. Before you leave this building today, you better thank the Lord that you're saved. Because I want to tell you, folks, it's a terrible thing to go about your life, not be saved. And especially when when you're sick and you don't feel well and something's wrong with you, it's a terrible thing to go and feel like that you you just can't. He says, my eyes fail while I wait for my God. He is now like one on a watchtower whose eyes are weary and dim from looking for help out of his sins. I tell you, I can't see some of you in the back right now. I want to tell you, sickness will bring bad eyesight. But I'm going to tell you, seeking God will bring bad eyesight too. In the fourth verse, in the fourth verse we see one who has a lot of enemies, who cries, mine enemies are great and many. The longer you stay in sin, the more you think that people don't like you. The more you have to cry to God to, to save you from your sin, the more you think that people don't care anything about you. The more you do that, the more, you, the more you'll be like that. He said, mine enemies are great and many. Let me read verse 4 to you again. I want to read, I want to read this verse 4 again. He says that they that hate me without a cause are more than a hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies, wrongfully are mighty than I restore that which took not away. God, take it away. Please, God, take it away. My enemies are great. It was a great apostle who said, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. What do we do? What do we do? Let me testify today that it is a great escape from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. I tell you, a lot of people live in that kingdom of darkness. Should I go to church today or should I do something else? 
Should I? Should I stay in that kingdom of darkness? No. I want to be in the kingdom of light. Where are you going to find that at? I, I believe it. I believe with all my heart you're only going to find it in the Lord's house. You're not going to find it out in the world. I've tried that. I've tried that so much. I've tried it. And a man just this week, he said, uh, is that all you do? I said, what do you mean that all I do? He said, you just stay back here in this little hole, little cubby hole, that's what he called it. He said, you stay back here in this little cubby hole. I said, you stay in here most of the day by yourself. I said, but I'm studying. I said, it's a wonderful thing to get ready. It's a wonderful thing to get ready to serve the Lord. I go from Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday, and hope and pray that the day's going to come soon where we can go to Sunday afternoon, too. I don't know if this day's ever going to come. I pray it is. Had a man call me this week, and he, he sort of lit me up a little bit. He said, uh, if y'all don't start having your Bible conference again, said somebody's going to steal that place. I don't know if he was giving me a warning that they, they plan on doing it or what. He said, somebody's going to steal it. He said, That's he said more Memorial Day is a good time to have a Bible conference. He said, somebody's going to steal that place. Well, I've promised myself and I've promised God that if, if I'm able this coming year I'm going to have a Bible conference on Memorial Day weekend. I just enjoyed those two preachers coming so much. And they enjoyed being here too. Brother Kiger sent us another letter. He sent two. He sent us another letter how much he really enjoyed it being here at our Bible conference. Let me testify today that it is a great escape from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. I pray each of you who have no salvation will come out of the darkness today. Set your soul upon the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I'm the light. Look to me, I'm the light. And in the fifth verse, I don't have this this fifth verse it just pops off the first four. He says, Oh God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. You think God doesn't know what you've done? What you're doing? I used to think that. I used to think I could do things be all right with God if I do them. They didn't work. Yeah, I've been chastised.
set your sight upon the light. It's no good walking around in darkness. That's terrible. Have to walk around darkness. Terrible thing. And I pray that the Lord will see fit to give you light. I pray that you'll see that light and understand that light as it comes to you. Pray to God. Pray to Him. You got sin in your life? I'm not telling you to come up here and rededicate your life. I don't believe in rededication. I don't, I don't believe you can rededicate something you've already dedicated. I believe you just got to get out of your sin, get out of your backslidden condition. Come out of your sin. Come out of it. Come out in the light where that sin will be known. Don't run around and hide it. Don't, don't run around and hide your sin. You should open up your heart. Open up your eyes. I'm not trying to sound like Biden today, but I kind of am. He tells us what we need to do, but he won't do it. I'm telling you what the Lord wants you to do, what the Lord expects out of you, expects out of every one of us. Read, read this one more time. I pray each of you who have no salvation will come out of the darkness today. Set your soul upon the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that will happen today. All right, let's all stand if you would. And... Uh,